listening to the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast. You can enjoy more messages like this and more with the free Courage Matters app, available in your app store. To invite Michael to speak to your group, visit CourageMatters.com and click on the Your Story tab. Hold on to your seat and open your heart as Mike teaches us from God's Word. There are a number of gun clubs and rifle ranges here in the area. Maybe you belong to one or two of them. I belong to one. Now suppose I told you I wanted to take you to the rifle range because I wanted to show you something that I feel is pretty amazing. Suppose I told you that I was able to go to the rifle range with a rifle and at a hundred yards out from a target, I was able to hit the bullseye within two inches nine times out of ten. You might be oohed and odd. You might be impressed by that. Or you might be a skeptic and you might be a doubting Thomas and I might then invite you into my car over to the rifle range and demonstrate for you how, with a rifle, I, in my dreams and imaginations, <laughs> am able to hit that bullseye within two inches at a hundred yards out. You would see it for yourself in my dream. You would be impressed. You would ooh and ah. And then you would suggest putting a blindfold on me, spinning me around four or five times, and having me attempt to do the very same thing as you head for the hills. The chances of me hitting that target, let alone the bullseye, with that kind of accuracy that I, had, I did before I was blindfolded, would greatly diminish. Because you know as well as I know that you need three things to be able to have that type of success when it comes to target practice, when it comes to shooting a rifle. You need to know what it is that you're shooting at. You need to know what the target is, first of all. What is it that you're aiming for? Secondly, you need to align yourself and focus on that particular target. You need to look at that target, not only know what the target is, but face the target. And then thirdly, you need to have dogged determination. You need to be intentional. You need to, at some point, pull the trigger on that rifle. And you know, the same thing is true in our walk with God. In our walks with God, we have to know what it is that we're aiming for. We have to then align our lives to focus and fixate on the target that we're aiming for. Not just know what the target is, but then align our lives to face and focus on that target. And then at some point, hopefully sooner or later, we have to commit. We have to be intentional. We have to pull the trigger. Because it doesn't matter if we know what the target is. If we don't eventually commit and become intentional in hitting that bullseye. That's true in our spiritual lives. Well, we're in the midst of a series called Vision for Life where we're talking about God's vision for every life, God's vision for every family, God's vision for every church, the body of Christ. We're also, also have been talking about God's mission for every life, family, and church based on the Word of God. And we've begun to explore the five core values that every individual Christ follower, every Christ-following family, and every Christ-following church should embrace. It's important. And we've been discussing this value of simplicity. We did that in our last time together. And because the value of simplicity is so important, I want to again revisit this value of simplicity and go deeper in this value of simplicity so that you individually 
and that your family and that our family as a Christ-following family actually hits God's bullseye, the target that we're deliberately aiming for. We're intentional about it and therefore successful. We don't want to just dream about God's vision and mission, do we? No. We don't want to just dream about God's values for our lives, do we? We want to align our lives after the vision of God, the mission of God, and the values of God so that our lives succeed in giving God what He wants. And so today I wanted to talk about living a simple life, living a life of simplicity that hits the bullseye of sincere and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. Turn with me in our Father's Word to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, go past the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go past the book of Romans, past 1 Corinthians. You'll hit 2 Corinthians in verse 1. Paul says, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, a God-given, appropriate, correct jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. Paul speaking again symbolically, using the marriage illustration and how we are to save ourselves for Jesus. We are to give ourselves to Jesus in purity. Not to be spiritual adulterers being distracted with other affections other than the affection of Jesus and directing all of our energy and all of our loyalty to him. But look at verse 3. He says, but I am afraid. See, he was afraid with the Corinthian church. That they weren't hitting that bullseye. I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That is something that should be central in our lives. We shouldn't just be dreaming about it in our families. We shouldn't just be talking about it in the church. We should be doing all that we can personally, and to help others in our family and in the family of God to hit the bullseye, to prioritize this value of sincere and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. And that means for you and for me, for your family, for my family, for our family in the body of Christ, we have to simplify our lives. We have to simplify our lives. We have to strip away the things that are distracting us distracting us from sincere and pure devotion to Christ, we have to fight for that. It's not something that comes automatically. The world is trying to conform us to its image, trying to give us thoughts that are contrary to the thoughts of Jesus, the thoughts that would honor God, the thoughts of, uh, that are presented in the Word of God. Your own flesh you have to deal with. I have to deal with it. Even though I'm happy that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning, when I wake up in the morning, I say, doggone it, I've still got to deal with this body of mine. Still have to deal with the thoughts that left alone. Apart from being transformed by the renewing of my mind, my mind wanders, my heart wanders. And therefore, my life is prone to wandering. Have you found that to be the case in your own life? 
What we need is a simplified life. There are a lot of things in your life, a lot of things in my life that are presenting themselves as posers. More important, there is nothing more important than sincere and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important than sincere and pure devotion to Christ. In fact, it is so important that that is why the serpent, the devil, is after you. That's why the serpent, the devil, is after your family and my family. Why he's after me. Why he's after my family. Why he's after a group of Christ followers, at least those who are professing to follow Christ, to distract us from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. There are many weapons at the disposal of the enemy, many distractions available in this world to get us off focus from the main thing, which is sincere and pure devotion to Christ. We have to simplify our lives. There are things in your life, things in your family, that are presenting themselves as more important, but they are deceptions. They are distractions. And let me just throw this out as an example. I have children. They're young children. I know the first day of fishing is coming up. I know that because I'm taking my children fishing on the first day of fishing, even though I'm not a fisherman. I'm a poser. But my kids are young enough, they don't know any better. They think I love to fish. They think I'm a great fisherman. But if I had my family revolving around everything that my children wanted to do. Listen. I would be taking my children and my family away from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now, listen to me, because otherwise you might miss what I'm saying. I'm not against fishing. I'm taking my children fishing, and I will do it at least twice this year. I'll do it more than that. You don't have to take your children to every sporting event that's available to them. Nobody told you you have to do that. Your children don't have to be involved in every school event that is presented to them. You don't have to. If you find that your family is revolving around more expeditions throughout the course of the week, then family devotional time around the Word of God. You might want to examine the possibility of realigning your family around sincere and pure devotion to Jesus. You are a human being, not a human doing. There are many things that present themselves as being important. The most important thing in your family, if you have children, is to make sure that your family together, your family together is pursuing the value of a simple life, a simplified life 
that values sincere and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. Now you're saying to yourself, well, I don't know how to cut out. Do I cut out this? Do I cut out that? We'll get to that. I'm going to show you how the Spirit of God will help you prioritize things. We'll get there. But before we get there, I want us to look again at Matthew 28 to understand what you need to prioritize in your own life, the mission of God. What you need to prioritize in your family, what we need to prioritize as the family of God, the church. And you can breathe a sigh of relief because if you are deliberate in aligning yourself and your family, and if we're deliberate together in aligning the church after this, things will fall by the wayside. And it's good to have things fall by the wayside. It's good to strip away those things that are distracting us. It's good to do less because oftentimes, in today's world especially, simple is better, less is more. Isn't it refreshing to hear that? Simple is better, less is more. Jesus told Martha that. Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. I didn't ask you to put on a nine-course meal for me. Jesus isn't asking you and me and your family and individually in the church to impress him with activities for him. If we are neglecting sincere and pure devotion to him, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, the great commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe some of the things that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's not what it says. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, to observe all that I've commanded you. Remember, be careful. Don't confuse knowledge and education of God's Word with application and commitment to the God of His Word. There's a difference. This is not a statement that Jesus is making about simply being aware of what Jesus commanded. It's about putting what Jesus commanded into practice, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. None of us has arrived at that yet. Not one of us. Hasn't happened for you individually. Hasn't happened for me individually. Hasn't happened for you and your family. Hasn't happened for me and my family. Hasn't happened for us in our church. And if you're listening to me by podcast, the same thing is true of you. However, the trajectory of a disciple. You following me? Is very different than that of a dabbler. The Great Commission is not, listen, it's not primar- primarily a call to evangelization. Wait a minute, did I just lose you on that? See, the evangelism part is assumed. When you have good news, you can't help but tell other people about it. What Jesus is saying is that when you lead somebody to me as Savior and Lord, as your life is prioritized around the obvious pursuit of life, sharing the gospel, spreading the gospel, once you lead somebody to saving faith in me, I want you to teach them how to walk closely with me. I want you to focus on teaching them how to be like me in character, how to do what I do 
how to say what I say, how to act the way I act. That's why this idea of, of observing is so central. The Great Commission is about teaching people to become like Jesus. And it's not possible to teach other people how to become like Jesus. Listen, watch this. It's not possible to successfully teach other people how to say what Jesus says, to do what Jesus does, to act like Jesus, to think like Jesus, if you are not doing that yourself. The given is that in order to make a disciple, you must be a disciple. You cannot, I cannot, we cannot give away what we don't have. And so, central to your life, central to your family, central to our family as the body of Christ is the commitment, the prioritization, the intentionality of observing everything that Jesus commanded. Look with me at Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, here's a passage of Scripture that sometimes is mystifying, but there's nothing mystifying about it at all. We've mystified it. Jesus is teaching in black and white. He's doing that to us right now. He's doing that for us right now. And there's nothing mystical about this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus is teaching, and he's saying this to everybody. He's casting a wide net for anybody who has ears to hear. Maybe you have ears to hear today as you're listening. Luke 9, 23 He said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. This idea of taking up our cross, we have polluted that, we've diluted it, we've made it fuzzy when it's not fuzzy at all. And we think that when we read this, some people have postulated, well, what does it mean to take up your cross? Well, I have an addiction problem. That's my cross I've got to bear. Well, I've got an anger problem. That's my cross that I've got to bear. Well, I've got a financial problem. That's my cross to bear. No, that's not your cross to bear. That's not in any way, shape, or form what Jesus had in mind when he was teaching this passage of Scripture. How do I have the audacity to say that? I'm not putting words in Jesus' mouth. Neither should any of us put words in Jesus' mouth. Jesus interprets what it means to take up your cross for ourselves. He does it for himself. He helps us understand it very clearly. If anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to pursue the path that I'm on, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. To take up your cross, to take up my cross in our individual lives, in our family, and in the church, is to deny ourselves and to follow Jesus. That's what it means. And notice what Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. You've been listening to the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast. We'd love to hear how this message impacted you. To share your story, visit couragematters.com and click on the Your Story tab. If you enjoyed this message, you'll love Michael Anthony's Courage Matters podcast, where he focuses on leadership, relationships, and world events. To learn more, visit couragematters.com. In the meantime, keep looking up. There's no place else worth looking.